and look, that's marketing, isn't it? That's the difference between marketing and advertising, isn't it? Uh, well, no. Dress, we'll dressing see, stuff up? I, I'm going to get um, emails. Sell on the sizzle, from... not the steak. I know. <laughs> yeah, Big Big Kel's listening in. He's going to go, I'll tell you the difference between marketing and advertising. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they're proud sponsors of Brews News and in particular Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and it's a very good warm welcome. Uh, I'm guessing Brisbane is warm, I'm hoping, because I'm going to be there this time tomorrow. Uh, to Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Morning, Pete. I spoke to Claire uh, via text during the week, and she said, oh, you're coming up to steamy Brisbane for the weekend, because I'll be up for the uh, the Queensland Beer Awards. Is it steamy? It is. It, it is. It's a little bit cooler today, but it's just very, you know, we've had a lot of rain. There has been a bit of rain about. Are you affected by the floods at all up there? No, no, that's a couple of hours west, so. Oh, oh okay. Well, so let's out, hope out where they really need the water. Where yeah. they need it? Yep. Because we have been talking about that in uh, in previous episodes, so that's good to hear. Not that it's so much of it all at once. If you, you wouldn't mind, like, you know, doling it out, um, a little, a little bit more regularly. You Huey, wouldn't mind averaging than... when they talk about average rainfall. You wouldn't mind if it came on average as opposed to all in one go. <laughs> That's it. But uh, yeah, look, good luck to anyone who's out there, and uh, and hopefully, yeah, we'll uh, particularly look. We're getting into uh, coming into April, I think, is where um, farmers will be planting the next year's season of um, of barley crop. So. Hopefully, if the because it's it's one of those things, and and this is um, having been involved with the with the harvest most recently through um, Bintani with the signature malt and that sort of thing, we were lucky enough to go up and sit in the in the headers and um, and actually harvest some of the the grain, which is just a fascinating. It would it would make a whole podcast just on its own, just uh, the the process of doing it and how it's all GPS sort of controlled and all that sort of thing. But um, it's it's just how uh, farmers look towards, you know, okay, what do we plant? And, and obviously they rotate crops and, and that sort of thing. And you don't think about it when, you, when you're drinking a glass of beer. But um, I'm sure when brewers sit around, you know, designing their next beer, they do talk about, you know, oh, and we'll use this specialty malt and this sort of thing. But, yeah, just the, the what goes into it is, um, is really fascinating. But I don't know whether you've seen it. There's been a lot of chatter in the last day or so, and no doubt I'll get a, um, a package turning up today um, with mine. I don't know if – I don't think they – we'll have to get onto stills because I don't know that you get beers from Bolter um, as part of the influencer um, packages. <laughs> but anyway, um, a lot of chatter uh, around the new Bolter um, IPA or Hazy. Um, dimples. Dimples. And there's a video um, that you'll see if you go to, the, I'm sure, to the Facebook page uh, for Bolter, where Scotty Hargraves, who is, you know, mate, I, I can listen to Scotty talk about ingredients um, and brewing till the cows come home. All day long. Um, and then some. Yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, we, we've had some great chats with uh, Scotty. Um, Ian McNally on the Chosen Brew podcast had a great one that I caught up uh, recently that I think was oh, last Oh, that's December. spooky. Because I was just listening on my way home from dropping my daughter at school, walking home, just caught up with the uh, with a, a completely randomly different one. Uh, and right at the end of it, Ian McNally gave us a shout-out for giving him a shout-out about <laughs> the Chosen Brew podcast where he mentioned where, – where we were talking about Scotty Hargrave and the Pilsner and changing it to the lager and all that sort of thing. So we've come full circle. So there's a fantastic video where Scotty talks about – 12 months ago, um, Ryan Hopkins and the Bale Breaker guys um, from uh, Yakima Chief. Yakima Chief Hops, um, yeah. And Ryan's a, Ryan is a terrific bloke. We spoke to Ryan um, at the uh, Gab Solis 100 countdown. Oh, we, we, we've spoken to Ryan a couple of times. Yeah. I caught up with him in Germany at, at Brau Bevial last year. Great chat talking about he experimental hops. Um, but yeah, so it was... Um, and I, I can't remember offhand which farm it is, but it's one of the... Um, to the Yakima Chief Farms and Bale Breaker sits in the middle of the, um, the, the the Bale Breaker Brewery sits right in the middle of the in, in the farm. But yeah, I, I caught up with Lot 42, them. Forty two, isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah, um, and I caught up with them the day that they brewed the first version of Dimples um, because it was an experimental hop, and it was really interesting to see how they were. Sort of talking about um, coming up with it. And so go back, I'll, I'll put in the show notes a link to that podcast. In fact, I'm halfway through posting into the Bruce, Radio Brews News Facebook group now just to remind people that, that it's there. 
but then in this video that we've talked about um, that Scott's put out in um, conjunction with uh, Dimples, he talks about how 12 months ago we made this beer. Um, we're so excited when we tried the beer, we wanted to do it again. But because it was a, a, an experimental hop variety that was only a very small amount, he had to sit on his hands and wait for the 12 months till the hops became available again And because it's an organic product. Um, and you... We do forget about that, Pete. We're so used to having beer on tap, quite literally, and you know, beers sort of coming out, that when we do have new hops or we don't have enough hops of a certain variety, you do have to wait for Mother Nature to deliver again. And it was just really awesome to hear Scott talk about that and really, really passionate um, about it. So we might, we'll put in a link um, to Scotty talking about that in the, in, in the um, show notes as well. Excellent. Speaking of talking... Matt, Phil Sexton is going to be talking at the uh, IBD conference, which comes up it's, uh, next month. It's a couple of weeks away, isn't it? And we've had a, we've had a change of keynote speaker. Exactly a month um, away. Um, so, yeah, 20, oh, three weeks away. If you're listening to this in real time, yeah, yeah it's so three it's weeks three away. Three weeks from... away. And uh, tickets are still available. Um, the name of the original keynote speaker from the US who can't – be there eludes me and it's not in my notes but yeah um if you're going to get a replacement um keynote speaker um it's not it's not it's not second prizes not the booby prize you've you've sort of gone actually i would love <laughs> to hear phil sexton no offense to any, you know, anyone else that they're replacing but um yeah so he'll be and uh, delightfully um segway is into he'll be speaking about the importance of communication <laughs> yeah um and which is a big thing um at the moment as will um come to later yes. in the show notes but anyway yeah so it's oh, a very nice, exciting nice, nice seed plant there matt <laughs> and uh we, we'll be there covering ibd uh, 2020 very excited about that um speaking to a lot of the keynotes or a lot of the speakers um including probably phil sexton and brewers if you haven't got the had the chance yet make sure you at least get one of your team across um but just in case you don't um definitely and, uh, and particularly the one that I thought really interested me most, Matt, was the the panel session. I love a panel session because it's not just somebody, I guess, you know, like uh, reading a reading through a presentation and a and a PowerPoint. Um, you get a bit of to and fro. You get a um, the Q and A kind of uh, directly or in real time. Um, and the panel session on where has all the research gone? I thought looked really interesting because you've got Glenn Fox. Um, and Gary Mans, who we've spoken to, both of whom we've spoken to on the on the program. He's here. the what, what did you, you call him? The Bishop of Bali. He's not the Pope. The Bishop of, of Bali. That can yeah. be yeah, <laughs> yeah, as against the Pope of Foam he, that he replaced. Um, Professor Michelle Colgrave and Dr. Doug Stewart. So this, just, I tell you what, I like. I'm surprised they didn't invite me there. Perhaps they realised that Professor Filsner wasn't a real professor. <laughs> that's, um, a title. Just, that's it. Um, but Michelle Colgrave is somebody that uh, you. Again, that's spooky because I'm halfway through an email uh, to lock her in for a chat. She, if, For those that don't know, um, she's Professor Michelle Colgrove, works for, um, I was going to say the RACQ, but it's not. It is the, what is the National Research Body? <laughs> so, CSIRO. That's the one. Oh, Pete, yeah. Um, I can I'm remember. here to help. Oh, yeah, thank you. You, you, you. You're my um, guide dog for names, <laughs> uh, my, my, my seeing names dog. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I like to think of myself more as a rain man. A rain man, yeah, well, that that too. Um, but anyway, so but she is when it comes to gluten free, she is the what, what's the goddess that? of gluten free. Goddess of gluten free. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, and I, I want to sit down with her and do a one on one discussion because there is so much chat about gluten free, gluten reduced, you know, low gluten, um, and you know, using enzymes to denature. And I want to sit and it's such a confusing, we've tried to write about it, but it is very hard. So I want to get it from the, I feel very awkward calling her the goddess now, because that's what sounds inappropriate. I'm getting it from uh, Professor Michelle uh, Colgrave's mouth, explaining what these terms mean, how brewers should use it, what claims you can make when you've used uh, ancient grains as a la someone like Tubase, or when you've used uh, enzymes uh, in in the, the the brew to denature the proteins and that's going to be a uh, like a, a a very special podcast that we'll be uh, doing that's probably more in our brewer pro um, stream yeah so keep an eye out for for that as that is published but brewers you can hear it live if you get to ibd 
Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the best way to go because as, as well as the, um, you know, where's all the research gone, the panel discussion, you've got climate change, distilling and sustainability with the very latest um, raw materials, distilling innovation, brewery sustainability. Um, the one that's I think will interest the particularly smaller brewers um, talks on hops, packaging, quality, brewing, and the one I thought most interesting, de-alcoholisation. Big one, yes, um, and, and that's something that we're looking to as well with uh, alcohol-free beer. And as you know, Pete, I've uh, jumped back on the fence about it. You know, I'm sort of... I did like your... Was it a triple negative? What was that? I'm not as anti-against <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not liking... <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I had to read it three times where the work out. Uh, are you for or against it? We, we, we don't need to. Well, I was never against it. I was just. <laughs> no, no. There, there is such bullishness um, about things. And, and something else, a topic that we'll return to later in the podcast. Um, you, you, you see such bandwagons uh, about things. And as soon as a bandwagon rises out of town, the, some of the nuance gets lost in a lot of these discussions. And yeah, yeah. I'm not against alcohol-free beer, but I've just because, again, you, you absolutely need to support, uh, support it. I just was reserved. My jury was out on whether or not there was going to be you know, 20 30% of the market the way that some people are talking because I couldn't see the use case. Um, yeah, yeah. There are far more than 50 shades of grey, Matt. It's, and you're right, we so often, we, we want it to be either black or white. Exactly. And we, we we sometimes miss that that subtlety. Like a good Pilsner. Like a good Pilsner. Or a Munich Pilsner. Pils. Yes, yeah. exactly. um, and they're coming now before, back. Now, before we get into the news, um, just the last thing on the, um, IBD? Uh, the IBD 2020 conference, which is over in Perth, in case we didn't mention. Apart from all that technical stuff, there's a really good social program um, with a, a welcome dinner. There's a, a trade night walking tour which is sponsored by Echo Lab. Exhibition sessions, there's a gala dinner on the Thursday at Optus Stadium, um, sponsored by Crymalt and Barrett Burston, who I don't know if you know, Matt, but are good friends of the program. And great, and good uh, this actually wouldn't be possible without them, and they ask very little no, in return, and so, yeah, so uh, we, we can't thank them enough. And it all finishes up on Friday with a brewing and maltings tour. So the professors of malting and brewing science um, sponsor that uh, through HGM. So uh, www.ibd2020.com.au, link in the show notes, uh, highly recommend it. That's it. Um, now, thank you very much to all of our listeners um, who have subscribed and have left us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your, your favourite podcasting app. Um, so it costs nothing and it really helps us to, as I say, it's, it's, not, a, it's not about plugging us or about ratings or anything like that because in, in all honesty, couldn't give a fat rat's clacker. But what it does help is other beer people um, who, who, you know, if you like it, you figure, well, other people like me will also like it. Uh, it's just a nice, a, a quick way for, for them to discover the podcast. And there's nothing like a, you know, a recommendation from, you know, perhaps somebody you follow um, and, and for you to say, you know, look, these, this is worth listening to for these reasons. So thank yeah, you very it, much. It, it, it's the way that the um, Apple recommend and review thing seems to work is based on what's popular is... Um, recommended because they don't actually have people sitting there um, going. Here's have my you got, recommendation. Have you got people sitting there, Matt? Uh, no, sorry, I, I was I was just sort of calling up my uh, podcasting app actually, just to sort of uh, have the reviews handy and it defaulted. Oh, there's to, an to ad play. within an ad. Yeah, so um, yes, yeah, so, so it certainly does help. But anyway, we, we have had a uh, a nice um, you know a uh, couple of reviews that we'll get to at the end of the program. But yeah, if, if you do like what we do, you can genuinely help us out by uh, leaving a review. That's it, and and this year, of course, you know, as we've uh, kind of hinted to in the past, in the in the past few weeks, that um, the the Radio Brews News Network is is looking at, um, I guess, expanding uh, would be the best word because, in the same way that this used to be a single podcast where we talk about the, the the events of the week or the current news, then we'd have an interview with the brewer or a supplier, whoever it was, and then an outro, and then that became dated. But the the middle bit, obviously, you know, had had longer value yep. so we've split that off into beer as a conversation and brews new so uh we're looking to expand again um coming up this year with some uh, i guess more what would you call it targeted oh, yeah, um, professional brewer content so yeah yeah so we, we do want to start looking at shorter more targeted um information but we know that there are a lot of brewing industry professionals uh who are listeners to the podcast and they enjoy yeah. um, what we do but also um not everyone wants the tech but that's what this is for Yep. But if you do want the tech, we'll give that to you as well so as you. a you know, Pete, planned actually, expansion. I don't want to cut you off at all, but I'm, you know, and I don't like, you know, I appreciate the irony of being the one to cut you off, but um, probably enough about us. Let's get on with the show. 
Yeah, well, that's why I used the word expansion three times and then you cut me off because then I was going to say, oh, speaking of expansion, our first story, HPA marks the first phase completion of the $35 million expansion. Um, HPA, Hot Products Australia, is celebrating a major milestone in its $35 million expansion this week. Um, They're commissioning its uh, Buffalo River Valley processing facility tomorrow, which will be uh, yesterday, Wednesday the 26th of Feb which will be, sorry, two days ago by the time you listen to this, ahead of the commercial hop harvest um, this March, so marking the completion of the first phase of that investment. Uh, OJ, Owen Johnson, sales and marketing manager at HBA, said it was an exciting but also scary time for the business as it looks to cater to the increasingly hop-driven trends in the beer industry. Good news, Matt. I would love to go back and do a um, mash-up of the times, because we, we speak to OJ every year, and we have since Galaxy was just a pup, Um you know, sort of barely, it would have been like their, probably their sixth or seventh largest top um, back when we first started speaking to AJ about it. And it is a juggernaut now. In and oh, I remember being blown away when he said, "Oh, this time next year we'll have you know an extra three hectares or something, <laughs> you know, uh, under planting." And we go, "Wow, wow, that's incredible!" And now it's yeah, it's it's the superstar. And the other the other one too, Matt. When you're talking about sound bites and and no mashup, um, remember too when he he sort of said, "Oh yeah, might have been a year or two after that." Um, so Galaxy was well and truly established. But when they were doing a massive expansion of of Galaxy. Um, the number that stuck out to me was he said 60 to 70 percent or something of it was already pre-sold overseas mm. so it wasn't just Australian brewers saying this is our thing and this is how great is this it was other brewers for the first time I think sort of looking to us and sort of saying we want that it, it, it's a huge um, export opportunity but um, the, the thing that came out of Claire's article I'd actually forgotten I, I knew that the hop industry you know in, in the early 2000s um, the Australian hop industry was in dire straits um, before the you know the, the proprietary hops that they've that HPA have developed had had really come on. But they'd actually sold off two properties. Um, you know, as recently as I think two thousand four, two thousand five, they they were selling off land. So this idea that investing thirty five million and that 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 is the um, start of their investment because they're expanding even more. That's next just year. that's just first phase. Yeah, that's just. Stage one. Um, and it's a story that we really need to celebrate and tell um, because, and, it, and it's, you know, HPA is um, a, a huge success story, but craft beer is a huge success story, independent or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, craft yeah. beer is a huge success story. But if you did story. need another excuse, Matt, to, you know, drink independent and, you know, like rather than mainstream, which is still pretty much using the same, you know, single variety of hop. Um, so all this expansion has sort of come off the back of um, these small brewers who are now, you know, getting bigger and bigger, looking for new and interesting and, you know, I'm after this flavour and or after this aroma. And that's where, look, you know, Pete, you, we, we've talked about this a lot. Bruce News tries to be ecumenical, uh, ecumenical, um, sort of talk to everybody. Um, and, and non-denominational. Non-denominational, um, but also not beat any particular drum um, uh, you know, about independence. You know, personally, um, mm. we, uh, you know, I, I tend to buy much more independent beer than I do other beer because to me it's an investment in the diversity of, of, of the beer industry. And when the industry isn't diverse... Um, then commercial pressures uh, do create the sort of market that we got to, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and that has a, you know, if, if you've got two, three major brewers that are competing against each other, I think it was Jamie Cook um, gave me the expression um, match racing, you know, uh, or match sailing, um, where... No, yeah, match, yeah, yeah. They, they zig, you zig, you, you know, they tack, you tack. You tack, and, you know, you bring out a ultra-crisp uh, clear bottle lager, a.k.a. Great Northern. We bring out an ultra-crisp, <laughs> um, uh, you know, a.k.a. Iron Jack. Um, and then, you know, suddenly you see the minor player bring out clear bottle um, contemporary crisp lager. Two sums. Is it two sums or... Yeah, yeah, two, two sons. sons. Yeah. Um, S-U-N-S. And everyone does it. So they take off. Um, and, you know, there is this flow through the marketplace as, you know, other things start getting dropped. And 
you know, you never get a media release about the beers that are dropped. Suddenly you can't find them. And, you know, th- that happens in the, the craft beer space. And it, to, to some extent it's fashion. But it's not a stretch to say that that then leads on to the, the, the hop industry. And when you don't need beer for flavour because you just need it, then the, the hop industry and all of the jobs um, that were associated with that um, go through. So it's, it, it is a long chain story. Um, that craft beer is a huge success and that, you know, gives and HPA's expansion, which is incredibly important. It has fueled investment in breeding and development that has given us new hops is because of the, 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 the success of craft beer in all its varieties, um, independent or not. But, you know, we, we wouldn't have the great experimentation if it wasn't for the small independent breweries that can take risks. Exactly. So despite what, uh, you know, the neo-prohibitionists might say, it, it is actually, you know, it, it's good to drink beer. So keep doing it. Our next story, divided opinions over online alcohol study. Uh, researchers at the University of New South Wales are calling for tougher laws around online alcohol sales after releasing a report finding that online sales are too easy. In response, the industry body Retail Drinks Australia has hit back saying the study is, quote, Incomplete and inadequate, which I thought was uh, putting a bit of icing sugar on it. They they niced it up, I reckon. Uh, Professor Robin Richmond of UNSW said many people would be shocked at the ease of online sales and said they should be subject to more stringent standards, such as those in pubs or bottle shops. Uh, Cheap or free delivery, the ability to buy now, pay later with Afterpay or ZipPay, the willingness by online companies to leave alcohol unattended and aggressive sales techniques were making alcohol sales to vulnerable groups too easy, she said. Uh, The researcher said they found that 69% of online websites would leave alcohol unattended at an address without having verified the purchaser's age. 12% offered delivery within two hours um, and 13.8% allowed customers to purchase alcohol through a buy now, pay later scheme. A little bit of, yeah, a little bit of scratching the surface, the online alcohol study may not have been as stringent or as um, accurate as it could have been. Absolutely. And, yeah, look, it's one of those things, you know, I think we can probably call this, um, the title for this episode is nuanced um, because, you know, you'd expect both, actually, I was going to say you'd expect both sides of this argument to sort of say what they're saying um, because you would expect the retail um, drinks Australia to defend their sales practices, um, but you and you would expect Fair to come out and champion the, this report, which they've had. The one thing about the criticism of, of the report is that the, the, the study, inverted commas, doesn't seem to have been all of that robust. Um, it, it, it seems to have been an audit of websites and what's said on the websites. It's not as if they, you know, then logged in purchased, got the delivery to check, um, to, to, to audit the actual mechanism. It was just purely based on the, on, on the claims on the website. So that does seem mm. to be a slightly flawed research study, but, you know... And it, by slightly, we mean completely. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the because as we know, Matt, the, uh, the plural of opinion is, is not evidence. <laughs> no, no. They, and that's very true. Um, but at the same time, the, 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 the questions that they raise are... Um, reasonable concerns but you'd expect a university because people as soon as you say a university study or as soon as you quote a university study it gives it some gravitas um, and so you'd hope that the university study had some rigor um, and robust uh, robustness about it Um, and we're increasingly seeing particularly in the alcohol space there seems to be an agenda um, being pushed by the alcohol researchers in, you know, um, and quite often they're, they're health researchers. Um, and, and that was kind of where the segue that I, I had to your, to your last one, we sort of said it's, um, you know, uh, not... Back mess- to Matt's soapbox, go. Well, it's, it's not Matt's, hopefully it's not Matt's soapbox <laughs> because it's, it, it's something that um, you, you want to be very even-handed about because we are very concerned about the risks of um, drinking. Yeah. But... At the moment, you know, fair particularly that they talk about, you know, 2,000 hospital emissions or 2,000, um, you know, the, the number of hospital emissions through alcohol. Um, and that are alcohol related. That are alcohol related. Yeah. And as we've talked in the past, I, you know, that when, if, if, if you trip over, um, they don't breath test you and, and go to hospital with a sprained ankle or a broken ankle. They don't breath test you. Um, but, you know, they give you a form, you know, questionnaire, have you consumed alcohol in the last 12 hours? You might have had two drinks with dinner last night at eight o'clock and at seven o'clock this morning you tripped over 
that's it. But if you've had one, at least one standard drink in the in the preceding twelve or twenty four hours or whatever the the thing is, it counts as it, it counts. You know, so that's when, a box ticked. When, when they audit for yeah. research purposes, um, hospital admission tick box for alcohol that is an alcohol is my understanding of the way that the statistics are, are gathered. Um, yesterday, as I was driving to work, there was a story that um, there was a, another study that said something like sixty five thousand hospital admissions for sport related inju- injuries. You know, we're not talking about 65,000 boxing, you know, related industries, injuries where there is, you know, um, you know, brain damage or something like that. It yeah. is, you know, sprained ankles and it's, it's things like you that. Could, you could dislo- dislocate a finger playing ultimate frisbee. Ultimate frisbee. And um, that's a sport. No one's saying sport should be banned. Yes, you look at the riskiest element of it. You, you look at the boxing or, you know, um, heading footballs because there may be a, like a, a higher impact for that but no one's saying kids shouldn't play sport or adults shouldn't play sport because there is an awareness that the benefits of sport balance the risks or far outweigh the risks far outweigh the you risks. could argue yes. alcohol you know it, 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 i'm not sort of saying drinking alcohol is the same as sport but the, the, there is this campaign that's going on um at the moment that alcohol is inherently and completely bad um, and that is the line that um, FAIR and a lot of uh, alcohol researchers are, um, seem to be pushing. You know, there is no safe level of drinking. Other messages that are starting to, to, to come out. And, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Pete. Very, I'm, I'm increasingly aware of the risks of alcohol. But at the same time, having a drink with friends adds to the richness of life. It, it makes the experience of life much better. It's not the drunkenness. It's not the... But alcohol um in 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 moderate amounts enriches a a life and there are a whole lot yeah there are a whole lot of studies that make um you know moderate drinking makes people happier they're more trusting all of those sorts of things and that's the element um of 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 the debate that the anti-alcohol want to completely ignore um and you know so bear in mind that that there are there are a whole lot of positives that do come from and and to that point matt just yesterday i was explaining to somebody uh why you know when i started writing about beer i didn't i was not interested in doing beer reviews because for me you know the that shared experience exactly the same beer drunk three different ways so you're drinking it on your own and sitting there and on on untapped and you're going to be you know cold and clinical and depending on what sort of day you've had and what you've eaten or haven't eaten whatever blah you know that beer tastes a certain way. Sitting around with three people where you've got the eye contact and, and somebody sips it and it kind of goes, oh, wow. You go, oh, yeah, oh, wow. It, it's a different beer altogether. Mm. And, and likewise, when you're you know, drinking it at a sporting event or a, a concert or something like that, it's a different beer again. Or when you've been mowing the lawn, it's a different beer again. So, yeah, to that point, it's you can't underestimate the that psychological and sociological value of um of, of drinking beer and what you were talking about then matt comes into play where you look at i guess the you know the virtue signaling that uh say for example the afl does when they, they proudly announce that uh you know a certain club is is um cutting ties with uh with the pokies and yet uh, on the other hand the afl is quite happy to take billions of dollars in sponsorship from sports betting agencies and you go well so is one kind of betting okay but but the other's not yeah i don't know exactly what you mean Speaking of uh, AFL and AFLW, Matt, um, and beer and sport combined, uh, Gage Rhodes signs on with the Western Bulldogs AFLW team. Uh, the Western Bulldogs have partnered with Australian craft brewery Gage Rhodes Brewing Co. for the next three AFLW seasons. Gage Rhodes Brewing has become the official beer and cider partner of the Bulldogs women's team and naming rights partner of The Garden, which is the club's AFLW uh, match day hospitality function. The Gage Rhodes Beer and cider will be available at uh, 2020 AFLW home games at Whitnoval. Uh, an interesting one, Matt, because it was, for the uh, last two years, uh, Two Birds. Mate, it was. And, yeah, look, it was one that we'd published. And I'll, I'll be honest, when we first published the media release, and it was one that, you know, like it's, it, it's not one that you need to dig into too deeply on most occasions. We published it. And I, I just assumed, I, I knew that Two Birds were involved in a AFL partnership, but it not being based in Melbourne, it hadn't uh, clicked that it was uh, the Western Bulldogs. And uh, Trev Burks in the Facebook group just made a comment, you know, gee, it's a shame that you know, uh, Gage Rhodes has swooped in um, on, on, on two birds. 
And I just I made the point, look, you know, did two birds... Um, I, did they want to renew? Did they want to renew? Didn't know. Or, or was it? Or was it? It was you know. Uh, it was an open slap. Yep. Um, straight away. Or you know, two birds had decided. Well, actually, it's not um, of value to us, and stepped away. Um, and straight away, we sort of contacted uh, two birds to 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 look into that. And as it turned out, uh, Danielle Allen jumped in the um, Facebook group and said, actually, yeah, we really did want to um, re- renew the relationship, and we were um, outbid. Um, essentially, um, so you know, straight away, I thought, oh, that's it, it's a little bit of a shame that um, one brewery would sort of that one independent craft brewery. When you talk about um, that, we're all in this together, we're all mates, it's all collaboration. The rising tide rise, raises all boats. That one brewery would come in and swoop on another brewery instead of ploughing a new field and maybe approaching another um, AFL club and try and get it. Um, and so we reached out to Gage Roads, who haven't commented. Uh, we're sort of still waiting to hear back from them. But there's just sort of like that miasma of chatter in the background that we're picking up that um, apparently the Western Bulldogs um, were looking um, for people who are willing to pay more um, and may or may not have approached uh, Gage Roads um, based on their other sports sponsorships. So we've reached out to to the Western Bulldogs um, to find out how it all came about. And uh, as of recording this, I haven't heard back. But it's, it, it, it's, it's all a little bit up in the air. What we can say is that two birds were very keen. Um, we, we don't know how Gage Roads came to be involved. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's money. You know, despite what the media release... Uh, and, and I'll read you the media release from last year when the sponsorship was renewed. Um, Western Bulldogs AFLW player Nicole Callanan said that the playing group are incredibly grateful for the support received from Two Birds. We aim to create a festival atmosphere at our AFLW games here at the VW Witten Oval. So it's great that our... Is VW a sponsor by any chance? Is v- what, sorry? Is VW... Uh, oh, sorry, VW? No, v- oh, no, Witten VU. Oval. That's yeah, his initials. Uh, Victoria, Victoria University, um, or VU, has, which is uh, campus is based in, in Footscray, okay. um, has uh, naming, naming rights, rights okay. of the, what used to be the EJ Witten Oval. It's now the VU Witten Oval. V, VU, okay, so, that's, so it's the VU Witten Oval until um, the University of Queensland um, gets Come, the naming rights, and it'll be the exactly. UQ Witten Oval. And it'll be Q2, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's great that our members and fans can enjoy a Two Birds Trailblazer Lager that Two Birds developed specially for the uh, partnership during the match day. The Two Birds values certainly resonate with our tight-knit group, so it's great to continue the relationship with a like-minded partner. Apparently not so great um, that money doesn't talk at the, at the end of the game. So, if Well, if- yeah, it's great while it's current, but then... And look, you can understand, Matt, that particularly... And, and these girls uh, will go through, you know... Any, anyone who's, a, who's put up as a spokesman will have gone through the media training and is, is basically told how and, and, and what to say and why. And so you're always going to be supportive of any new initiative and you're going to welcome a new sponsor because you want to give that that value. Um, and you've also got to appreciate that, that there is value in that particular brand because, and I don't know to what extent the AFLW um, pushed this, but certainly um, the Two Birds crew did, that well, we're in Spotswood. So we're, you know, we're in the shadow of the, of the Witten Oval. It's, it's, it's the, because um, it used to be, the club used to be called Footscray. They changed to the Western Bulldogs because it's more, you know, it was a growing area and rather than just, oh, I don't live in Footscray so I can't support them, it was like, no, this is the, we are the team for for this region. So there was very much uh, a a nice synergy having two birds being the local beer, but also AFLW and Australia's first female-owned brewery was was a nice fit. Oh, mate, and that's absolutely the case. And if, 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 you know, I've got a bit of a reputation for, you know, um, being caustic on, on occasions, and it's this is exactly the, the 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 reason that you get a media release saying we are so thrilled to be working with Australia's first um, you know female-owned brewery, and you know it's a perfect match-up for the AFLW um, because you know we're trail, trailblazers and all of that sort of thing, and then you you sort of 
suddenly find out that well, yeah, we, we re- it, it's a little bit like independence. It really matters until it doesn't. You know, it, it really matters that we've partnered up with um, two birds um, until it doesn't. Until we can get yeah. a better deal. Yeah. And and if that yeah, and if that means that we've got uh, you know twenty new jumpers or that money goes to uh, you know the, the corporate hospitality. But hang on, if we can get twice that money, amount or more, you know, ten percent, twenty, whatever it is, more. Now all of a sudden we've got a bigger marquee, or we've got a, and so then that becomes more important. And I, I totally get that. That's that's the nature of the free market it's the nature of capitalism and it's the nature of sports sponsorship Ab- look absolutely but I'll, I'll go back to the initial uh, media release when it was first announced two years ago for the western bulldogs partnering with two birds was a natural fit for the club with ceo amit baines saying he is proud to be working with fellow western suburbs business two birds and the western bulldogs share many of the same values and characteristics and it's fantastic that we were able to formalize an official partnership Jane and Danielle have been able to build Two Birds Brewing into a highly successful business in the heart of the western suburbs. And we're proud to be given the opportunity to, collab- to collaborate on the new Two Birds uh, uh, Trailblazer logo. And, you know, that is thing, Pete, what, what you say is perfectly um, fair. Like, it, it, at the end of the day, it, it, it's business, but it's just... I know what you mean, because... Take the players. The players don't care. Well, sorry, it's, is it unfair to say the players don't care? The players say, I've got uh, the equipment I need, I've got a, a new equipment in the gym or, you know, whatever it might be because certain businesses have sponsored us. They're not necessarily because it's this particular business. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, the players don't care. And, and the football club needs money to, to run. And, and, you know, Two Birds did it because they, they you know, Two birds presumably didn't do it because they just wanted, you know, it was a good fit. They're not a charity. And they're they're, they're not a charity. They didn't just give the money um, or anything like that. You know, there was a business um, outcome for for, for two birds. Yep, you're getting brand in hand, if nothing else. You're getting brand in hand. But it's a little bit like, um, you know, when Ben Krause talks about, um, you know, Provenance and you know naming a beer after a, a suburb, um, or naming a brewery after a suburb when it's contract brewed in another state. Um, you know the, the the person that sets up that brewery says it's just a name; it doesn't matter. People know. And as Ben Krause always says, well, if it doesn't matter, why do you go to such lengths to tell people, you know, that your story? And this is a great example. If it is just business then stop putting out the media. You know, if, if, if you're just going to treat it like a business at the end of the day, stop putting out the media release that dresses it up as being something more um, yeah, valuable. And because that, that's just what breeds the cynicism. Yeah, yeah. And look, that's marketing, isn't it? That's the difference between marketing and advertising, isn't it? Uh, well, no. Dressing we'll stuff up? I'm going to get um, emails. Selling the sizzle, from... not the steak. I know. <laughs> yeah, big, big Kel's listening in. He's going to go, I'll tell you the difference between marketing and advertising. Um, but, but, well, but that's where marketing has to align with, you know, like it, I, I think people do smell the stink if the marketing doesn't align with what you actually are. Um, and just to tease an upcoming episode of the podcast, this week I sat down with um, Ben Summons and uh, Nick Boots from Stone and Wood Stone and, and Wood. Square yeah. Keg, respectively. You know, as, as the generational change is taking place, I sat down and had a really great um, long chat with uh, the two of them, digging into some of these things about marketing. So, uh, yeah, if you need to walk the talk, as they say, um, and uh, otherwise, it, it just sort of um, hurts. Uh, your, your brand um, and if, you, if you've got a club like the uh, Bulldogs saying oh look it really matters that we're supporting Western you know because um, they'll be wanting everyone in, in the Western suburbs to support them and that is part of the thing and if suddenly well, I, I guess they're still um, sp- supporting a well, Western business but it's just Western yeah, yeah, Australia go, 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 Western the West. just, just a little bit further West we're how far yeah. West are we talking guys <laughs> um also, uh, Blair Hughes is a, um, a loyal listener of the program and uh, also on the Facebook page group. Um, and I think we might have even given Blair a, a letter of the week or at least read it out. Um, but Blair is also involved. He did a presentation at um, Brucon this year. So for IBA members, Last you can year. go back and yeah, and catch up on that and listen to that, which was all about um, uh, Colonial and the Essendon Football Club and their partnership um, and also the, the Bulldogs and and two birds. So Mate, I'll see Blair, he- Blair Hughes's uh, presentation at Brucon, and I'll uh, raise you a uh, 
Radio Jenna Godley, Bruce, uh, yeah, Jenna Godley, Radio Bruce News podcast. That uh, even if you're not an IBA, yeah, they're member, all friends. They're all re, they're all uh, valuable resources, and well, they're, can, they're uh, all on the same listen panel. and read them all. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I yeah. should have uh, grabbed um, uh, Blair afterwards, but uh, I, I just had uh, caught up with Jenna. But it was a fascinating chat um, about sponsorship and how it can align with your brand. Well, it might be worth yeah, reaching out to those guys and seeing if we can um, perhaps get something together now because uh, obviously this is going to become more relevant. And you made an interesting point, Matt. You know, uh, it, does does Two Birds now say, well, actually, we'll, we'll, we can sponsor one of the other because the, the um, league has increased by, I think, three teams this year. So you've got um, the Richmond Tigers, you've got um, Carlton Blues. So maybe there are other breweries out there who can, uh, it, like you say, it would be nice rather than one replacing the other. It, it might have been an interesting scenario to have Gage Road sponsoring one club, Two Birds sponsoring another club, and then maybe another. Um, well, yeah, and look, there's no criticism to any of the parties involved because at the end of the not day, at all. It, 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 business it, 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 it's, just, it's business. It's not personal, it's business. It, 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 it's business, but you know, stop, stop telling us that it's personal in your media releases is, <laughs> is the point I'm making. But yeah, look, and, you know, it, it, it is kind of disappointing in a sense that um, we haven't seen the opportunity arise for another AFLW team to get uh, sponsorship, you know, to get additional sponsorship. So rather than fighting over the, 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 the one, you know, find some of these new teams. And because in, in, I, I just I thought it was such a great um, partnership because as... Yeah. You know, well, particularly, Matt, given that you, you're building a brand and you're building a loyal fan base because for the first, we're into the fourth year of the AFLW. Um, nobody's paid a cent to get through uh, the gate at any game yet. So the, the, the AFL is, is basically... Um, bankrolling it to build that excitement, to build the crowds, to to build the brand and 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 create the product, um, and people are going to have a beer while they're at the at the game. So it, it just makes sense to have, you know, something local or something you know uh, that's that's niche in the same way that you know the AFLW is is filling that that niche. It, it would would have been nice, but and it anyway. was it was such a good alignment. Like this thing, it's one of those things. It was a genuinely good alignment. Um, because you know, two birds are trailblazers in the Australian uh, brewing industry, uh, being the female-owned brewery. The AFLW are trailblazing, um, and there was just such a nice alignment of messaging and, and and values. It would have been nice to see it succeed. And you know, like I can see a whole lot of um, you know other things. Like you, you could literally have you know pink boots. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that could... Well, the other thing too is that you know, um, also being a hospitality venue, it's nice. I know as a as a Melbourne Storm member, the the thing that we've missed over the years, we, we've tried various different. The club has tried various different things to have a, a certain venue as the you know. So if there's an interstate game, you all go down to you know ABC Hotel and you'll watch the game together, sort of thing. It's it's not the same as having a you know a, like a home base. Um, but that would, you know, you've got a hospitality venue. It'd be nice for people, you know, outside of game day um, or, you know, for a meet the players thing or something, I don't know, to have something at, you know, at a brewery. It would have been nice. But anyway, there's there's food for thought there and there's there's plenty more to come. How to go green for CO2 recovery, Matt, is our uh, last story of the week that we're going to go through. Brewers have long been aware of the irony of discharging CO2 produced in the fermentation process as waste and then having to buy it to carbonate beers. But with up to 15 grams of CO2 produced per pint of beer brewed, it's an environmental challenge as well as a financial and operational one that all brewers should have on their radar. And we, um, Claire posted a story of um, Young Henry's uh, last month, I think it was, oh, when they announced that they were no, using No, we didn't actually LG. cover it back then because it, like, it, it hit the ABC News and sort of had been picked up um, elsewhere. And so, you know, oh. so people were aware of it because it, it really went viral because that great photo of that glowing green um, yeah. <laughs> in, in the middle. But it, it, it did it was raise... A bit sort of, yeah, like, yeah, cross between flubber and, you know, uranium or something. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. But so, yeah, so Claire, rather than just sort of redo that story, the people seem to be... And it, and it was early days in terms of the research um and it's it's not possible for every brewery to um install that sort of thing because it's 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 early days research um but claire did go looking to find out you know what can you do to capture all of that co2 that is produced during the brewing process when you end up uh, you know brewers end up injecting um co2 back into the recycled product 
um, at the time of packaging. Um, and there are CO2 recovery devices that for a long time have been out of reach of big brewers. Um, small brewers. Oh, small brewers, yes. Yeah, so big big brewers who have been minded to have had the ability to, to do it. Um, but there's a firm in the US um, that has developed a much smaller one that, again, that they're looking at. And I believe um, Richard Adamson is, is looking to get over there during his time over at CBC to look at um, uh, that, that, that technology. But then there's also Torella Brewery up in Queensland that is looking at sustainability as well. And Pete, something I didn't know, I, I knew that, you know, for example, trees um, take the CO2 out of the oxygen, you know, out of the atmosphere. Out of the air. Um, yep. You know, they sort of, it, it helps them grow. Um, and then that essentially locks up the carbon um, into the form of the, 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 the tree. Um, and that a lot of a lot of greenhouses have a CO2 generator in the greenhouse to increase the level of CO2 to help plants grow more quickly. Didn't know any of that. Um, and but what a lot of them do is that they've got a like a gas burner or something like that that basically creates CO2 for the plants to eat, which seems silly. So what Torella are doing, they've co-located their brewery with a greenhouse, and I think that they're pumping the CO2 from the brewery into the greenhouse to make a more efficient greenhouse. And so the, 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 the veggies and the, the, the plants eat the, the, the CO2 produced by the brewing and therefore you know, fertilises or you know, um, helps the, the, the plants to grow um, as part of um, that process. So it would seem like a really novel and interesting use. Chalk up another one for beer. Yeah, well, you know, oh, that we, we, we've got a long way to go before beer saves the planet, um, as we're going to be looking at um, this year in uh, Australian Brews News. But um, sustainability is an increasing uh, issue, and there are lots of opportunities. Now we're just three that brewers are looking at really inventive ways to, um, you know, reduce their footprint and mean that yeah. you don't. You know, it's just another reason you don't have to feel as guilty when you have a beer. So to that, Matt, quick pop question without notice. Cans or bottles? Plastic labels or paper labels? Well, mate, see, that's, that's where the nuance comes in. Um, and it is great. Look, we, we, we are obviously segueing into an ad, but... Well, it wasn't obvious until you just told everyone it was obvious. Mate, we are transparent. That was going to be the most seamless we transition we have ever done, can. and you've stuffed it up. Talking about commercial, and yes, we, we do have to sell ads to make this thing possible, but it doesn't change our coverage, um, and we won't say something that we do not believe in. Um, and one of the things is the, the, the new ones. Um, Pete, have you noticed that you know, we get a lot of media releases when new breweries adopt cans, and you know, the PAT, um, we've adopted cans because... They're better for the environment. They're better for your beer and they keep out oxygen and light and all of that sort of thing. And Recycling. To, to some of that, it is true. Um, cans can keep out light. Cans can also um, stop oxygen from getting in so long as your packaging keeps oxygen out in the first place. Otherwise, it's yes. arguably worse. Um, but the other one is that they are environmentally uh, friendly because cans are more recyclable. And it's one of the things that's really annoyed me for a while and it's very hard to just do a short article about because it is such a nuanced um complex topic and there, there is no easy answer there, there no, is no easy this, answer. this is better than that and i'll actually it's, post it's not as simple as that I, I wrote an article um for a magazine i don't even know if it's around anymore called g magazine looking at green it was around the time that in the inconvenient truth came out and you know asking the question what's better kegs bottles cans because and I can't remember the figures exactly, I'll uh, post it into the show notes, but I think first-use aluminium takes something like 20 times more energy than first-use glass um, yeah. in, in terms of bottles. And in fact, like in Queensland, there is actually a, um, a power plant that had to be built to specifically for the needs of the aluminium smelter up uh, in north or central Queensland. Um, and I think something like 25% of the electricity consumed in Australia goes to making aluminium. Um, but on all subsequent reuses of um, aluminium, it's much more efficient than recycling glass. 
but you know that been, then begs the question. That you can't just say my can is more environmentally friendly than my bottle, because you need to you know, brewers need to do whole of life assessments um, of their particular process to to work out what their particular environmental footprint is. And I know that um, I've had some interesting chats with James Perrin from. Uh, Stone and Wood, um, who they have actually done that. And when you speak to people... They've done a fair bit of research and testing into, you know, which is more sustainable, haven't they? Mate, I'd really like to get James on and have a chat to him about it because if you're going to talk about nuance and you're going to talk about those sorts of things, he is incredibly passionate about what he does and they've looked at the full lifespan. And I think as soon as you start saying X is better than Y you are part of the problem, not part of the solution, because you're not looking at all of the various elements. And, you know, like I was surprised to learn this week that um, OI Glass, for example, has a glass bottling plant in Queensland, um, in, in Brisbane, and 70% of brown bottle glass is, or 60 to 70% of brown bottle glass is made from colour, which is recycled glass. Um, so when you're drinking a beer out of a bottle, you're drinking out of previous bottles? Out of previous bottles. Every can that you drink of, out of is virgin aluminium. Um, cans can be recycled. Oh, but... I was going to say, yeah, cans. It, yeah, I, I would have thought that was common knowledge that cans are actually more recycled. No, well, no, no, not... no, 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 no. If, oh. if you put security oh, windows... But security not as screens, cans. Not as cans. No, if you put security screens in your house, odds are... Um, recycled that's made from cans um, coming from there um, but but not the, the can so every can you're drinking is a freshie is, is virgin aluminium is my understanding and you know there aren't you know uh, I, I, again this is something that we're in the early stages of researching so as I say you, can, you know, don't rely on this as being the, the, the gospel because we're researching it as well and our brewery subscribers um, our brewery listeners should be doing their own lifetime analysis as well because my understanding is that a lot of um, aluminium, like I don't believe that we've got an aluminium recycling plant in Australia. So the cans have to be um, separated from your recycling, sent overseas and recycled, and then the ingots sent to a reprocessing plant somewhere else. So there is a lot more to it than just this can of beer I'm drinking is more environmentally friendly, which in, in turn um, brings us to, to the ad. Um, for who else? So labels versus stickers, plastic versus paper. Yep. Yeah. Sleeves, shrink wrap versus sticker. Yeah. And and, and Rallings, and Pete, read out the um, script that we've been sent um, that that has nothing to do with that diatribe that I've just gone off on. No, but but in terms of, yeah, response to, I guess, misinformation or, you know, is it this, is it that? confusion or, you know, just sort of the easy assumption that X is better than Y. Yes. So this um, from our friends at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging. Brewers, if you are still applying self-adhesive labels to your bottles and cans and believe that this is a sustainable solution for your packaging needs, you might want to call Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and discuss your options with them. Uh, The team at Rellings will walk you through the various options available that are more sustainable than applying self-adhesive labels, which don't necessarily help the environment at all. Whilst they do produce this is Rellings, produce self-adhesive labels for many breweries, there's a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you are currently doing by utilising pre-sleeved cans. Mm. Now, I, I, I can't sort of um, buy into... I've not done the, 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 the research to back up the claims that they're making, but it is one of those funny... I, I gave that explanation because it is one of those funny things. I know that the Rellings guys turn up with their shrink-wrapped sleeves and... Brewers aren't saying, um, oh, look, you know, that solution doesn't fit my purpose. They're saying, oh, look, I don't want, to, I, I don't want plastic because that makes my business less environmentally friendly. Um, and it seems to have escaped um, notice that aluminium cans are essentially a plastic bag. The, the, the beer inside the aluminium is an epoxy resin that is coating the inside to keep the beer away from the metal. And as soon as that goes in there, it makes the can less easily recycled. So having plastic on the outside doesn't change the inherent integrity of the can, is my understanding. And uh, the other thing that the Rallings guy said was that the, the, the paper sleeves that you've got, because it comes on a, on, on a roll with a paper backing, and that paper backing has a ceramic coating, um, and so that paper can't be recycled either. So it's... 
So what you're gaining on the roundabout, you're losing on the swings. Yeah, so so don't just dismiss this solution. Again, um, it, it's an ad, but um, I, I can certainly um, understand where the guys are coming from in that don't just say we're not going to put plastic on the outside of our cans because it makes us less environmentally friendly um, because you need to um, look into what is best for your business. Um, yeah, and, and look, it's, it's nice, Matt, that we do have supporters rather than, you know, paid advertisers, if you think of them as, as supporters or sponsors, um, who are responding to feedback and, and being able to use utilise, you know, this particular forum to clarify some of those things or to, to say, look, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily as, as cut and dry as, as it all seems. We should also mention too, most importantly, um, give the guys a call on 1300 852 235 to find out more. Ah. That, that was the which ad. leads us ni- nicely into thanking our last sponsor, which is uh, our good friends at Beer Cartel, who sponsor our letter of the week, which brings us to Mailbag. Matt, it's been a busy week in the mailbag uh, too, hasn't it? Fair to say, the sack is bulging this week in particular. All letter writers will receive a Bruce News bottle opener, unless you've already got one. But if you want, we'll send you a second one and give it to a friend. Um, but well, you'll also... Enough, all... um, we, we can send some out because we've, we've run out of Bruce News ones, so I've been having to flick out the uh, beer mat <laughs> ones if you saw that on... <laughs> all right, so there you go. You collect the whole set. <laughs> you've, you've got the Bruce News one, now you can get the beer mat one. I'll make up... I'll, I'll, I'll... Oh, so our friends in China are having a bit of trouble at the moment, so they might not be able to uh, get stuff out of factories and onto boats. But well, if, on, if... That, on that, Pete, I'm, I'm actually thinking that we might have to, I don't, seeing we've run out of the bruised news ones, um, I, I don't know how relevant, given there's been a big shift to cans um, away from bottles, um, I don't know how relevant bottle openers are anymore, so maybe we might have to go to another... Um, sexy bit of bruise news merch. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we'll we'll find something. I'm sure. I'm sure we can find something. Um, but anyway, all our letter writers will go into the draw to win a mix six pack. Thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week and the first letter, Matt. Uh, email from Lee Sloan, who's uh, been a long time. This is listener. local to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's up your way. Uh, he, he, given that he he's talked about a Southside club in Brisbane. Lee from Eckerbin, um, I think he, he goes Oh, out. okay. Um, I wonder about certain beer promotions at times. My local leagues club in Southside, Brisbane, usually has a beer of the month. Most of the time it is a commercial brand on special. If the big brands want to buy craft labels to have in their ever-growing portfolio, I don't think they do a good job of promoting them as best they can. Before Christmas last, my footy club had the White Rabbit Red Ale on tap at $8.90 per schooner, compared wow. to all their normal tap brews, which are 2 to $3 cheaper in comparison. At the same time, some pubs in Brisbane were selling it at $10 per schooner. Last month, they put on the Yamundi Ginger Beer um, at $9.20 per schooner. I do try every new beer that comes in, but when you have to pay nearly $4 more compared to for example, a two years old at 4.4%, I shake my head and wonder why I bother with so-called promotions. Wow, Pete, a lot. <laughs> it's not really a promotion, is it, if you... Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I, look, uh, see, there, there's, uh, we could do a whole episode on this because, mate, I uh, heard you draw breath or gasp oh, when... White Rabbit Red Ale, that was cheaper than we could sell it at the at the Ecker. At, at eight ninety. Now, that is a beer that is barrel-aged. It's fermented by... The, they, they put the wort into a barrel that's still got some... Great. Grape must, grape must or... in that's got the yeast in and it's oh, and it's blended. And it's magnificent. At eight dollars ninety a, a schooner, you. I wouldn't be getting... adverti- I wouldn't be advertising that. No, no. To, to be honest, I'm actually amazed that the Footy Club had the White Rabbit. I'm trying to work well, out. This is the thing, because yeah, that's yeah. Presumably, when when Lee says the uh, leagues club in Southside Brisbane, and then he says my Footy Club, is that I don't know if it's the same thing or is it or whether we're talking about two different. Two different clubs, oh, well, I'm not quite well, sure. Whatever, the, the, the club. But I would have thought you'd really need, because most people go, oh, right, Rabbit, I like their dark ale, oh, I like their white ale, or, you know, I like their pale ale, I'll try the red ale. Oh, my God, it's gone off. Like, if you didn't know oh, yeah, yeah. And what at, to expect. At eight ninety. I mean, we, we, we had people tapping us on the shoulder saying, is that really only nine bucks a schooner when we headed on a, at, at the Ecker? Yep. Uh, and we were, we were unfortunate to only have, I think, two or three kegs of that, didn't we? And um and, and it's I thought out. this yeah. might be a slow. This, this, we'll send half of this back. So, Lee, um, thank you, Lucky Stars. You got it at a footy club. Yeah. Secondly, eight ninety is is an absolutely a steal. Um, when it comes to your Monday ginger beer, um, again, I, I don't know for a, a fact, but ginger beers under eight percent um, are taxed as alcohol. No, yeah, they are. But you might well. Your Monday ginger beer, if it's the same one that you and I had when we went up and spoke to to Chris and Alan yep. and did a, a beer as a conversation with. Um, 
with uh, Joshy Donahue. Yep. And we did a little tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a, a beer infused with ginger ale. So it was a four percent beer. It wasn't a it wasn't a ginger. Okay. Ginger beer. It was a beer infused beer infused with ginger. Okay. And I and and I don't reckon it was that expensive at the at your Monday. No. So, but I, I, I'd imagine that again. Yeah. I, I, in that case, um, I can't remember. I can't work out why it would have been that expensive um, for the for the Monday. Yeah. And Lee points out that it's a four percent ginger beer. They may they may have, they may be now making a ginger beer. And and maybe it is taxed differently, but I, I'm just assuming it's the it's their beer with ginger in it, the local ginger, which was really nice. But anyway, and, and, yeah, and look, do, do, just to to his last paragraph, I do try for a new beer, but when you pay nearly four dollars more compared, for example, to his old, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's but this world, you know. Again, the, the the question that we have to ask ourselves isn't why craft beer costs so much; it's why mainstream beer doesn't cost less, and that is because of the. Um, artificially high wholesale price of um, beer um, that contracts allow, you know, the, and then they get three dollars a litre, um, up to three dollars a litre rebate, which um, they've effectively already paid for because they're paying overs per litre. Yeah, and, and so so the special the the, the, the promo um, need to speak to some more publicans about this, but. Most venues, when you've got your invoice that comes in and says, you know, X price um, for uh, a line or a CUB product, which based on the invoices that I've seen tend to be the same as, you know, certainly on a par with the small independent breweries that shouldn't be the same price as the the beers from the the big guys. Um, When you work out your cost analysis, you know, if you're paying $300 a keg, that's what you work out your multiple for your retail on. But then the, the the guy that owns the, the the pub, you know, gets his two dollars, or you know, the, the person who gets who um, owns the pub, gets his two dollar a litre rebate check every what three months or six months, you know. So he'll get a forty fifty thousand dollar lump sum, goes out and buys a new um, car, but the punter um, at the at the coalface is paying the invoice cost for the beer, um, and so like, to, to to me it's a rort. So. Maybe the sales rep, um, and I'm sure I'll get some emails from uh, sales reps in the know about this sort of thing. Um, so if there's a promo price, maybe they channel some marketing funds um, that's also locked up in, in, in the contract to having a special on furfy or frothy or whatever they want to um, encourage trial of by having a discount um, on, on that beer. But yeah, so the, the, the question is, why is a beer from a big brewery so close in price to the to the craft brewery because there's not a lot of fat in the craft brewery's price, a lot of fat in the um, the mainstream stuff. The, yep. the, 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 the stuff that's coming out of the big houses. Mm. Pete, I was going to say we, we do have a full mailbag, but we're sort of well over time, so we might um, save some of the, the the reviews and everything to last week. Don't think we don't appreciate them, but I'm just or even to next week. Next week it. might make more sense. What did I say? Last week. Oh, next week. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. You do your best. Thanks very much to Cry Malt, to Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, and to Beer Cartel, and especially to all of you guys for listening. Don't forget you can uh, give us some love and uh, help share the podcast with other listeners who may not have heard about us yet or heard about us and can't find us. You can help them um, by whacking in a bit of a, a review and uh, letting people know what it is that you like about it. We particularly also um, like that listeners here are then offered the opportunity to come and join our Facebook page um, with the code word soapbox we'll let you in anyway but it just shows us that okay you're a listener rather than uh you know because a lot of the stuff that we do on that obviously is is designed to to pad out what matt hasn't already padded out um in the actual podcast so thanks very much to all those people and uh we look forward to uh matt thanks very much i look forward to seeing you tomorrow i i, I believe i've been upgraded from the um the pilsner suite at casa del kirkegaard well you, you, yeah so you're in the ambassador suite or the uh sort of the, the, the president's <laughs> suite so uh um listeners the kirkegaard lounge uh, I've uh, been upgraded, just just yeah risk of making this go on a little bit longer um my daughter <laughs> is fostering kittens uh, refuge kittens and we're trying to find homes for them and pete's not a, a kitten lover so my room has been uh, shut up to stop the cats from getting in uh, and Pete's staying, so uh, he, he's getting. I'm moving out, so he can move in and have a, uh, a, a pristine room. Um, but if anybody wants a kitten, 
um, <laughs> jump on Facebook and you can see some photos. Buy early, buy often. <laughs> you know, take them all. Please, take hands. them all. I take them all. That, knowing my There's a special discount listen. if you take them all before midday tomorrow, <laughs> which will be Friday. By the time you listen to this, they better all be gone. No, not really. Uh, no, look, I don't mind cats. I just couldn't eat a whole one. Anyway, let's uh, wrap this up and send it away. So thanks very much, Matt. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Good luck to all of the brewers. Um, Queensland, there's mostly Queensland breweries. We've got a few from, from interstate um, who have got uh, a, a dog in the race vis-a-vis the Queensland, Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards, which are being judged um, early next week. So by the time you listen to this, uh, we'll be uh, bumping in. So good luck to everyone and uh, and keep an eye out. Also for Kingdom of Beers, which comes up on the Saturday afterwards, Matt, which is a, a little mini beer festival based around the, the Queensland Beer Awards. Um, as I say, dirt cheap to get in, get your tickets and uh, and come along and try some of the beers that, uh, that got medals and uh, have a chat with some of the brewers who brewed them. Absolutely, Pete. Thanks very much, Matt. See you all again for the next episode of Brews News Week. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 